Okay, welcome to Power Pivots, the podcast where we explore the stories behind the fundamental career shifts and changes that have made all the difference. I'm your host, I go by Hatu, and today we're joined by... Chanel Morgan. Chanel, hello, 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 hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. So I'm excited to jump into this. It was by off chance that I heard this very interesting pivot in your story that I did not know about. So I'm excited to hear more about it, talk more about the nitty gritty. I know you and I were talking before this and you said you're going to be brutally honest, which we always love and appreciate here. So thank you. Thank you. It's the only way, Chicago way, you know. Okay. (laughs) Shytown. Let's get it. Perfect. So First, we start off the show always talking about PowerPoints. So your PowerPoints are three words or phrases that you feel encapsulate and describe you. Chanel, what would you say your PowerPoints are? Uh, My three would be different, collaborative, and open. And would you care to elaborate on why you chose those different, collaborative, and open? Yeah, so really I chose those because different. I've always been different. I always joke that I was only popular because I played sports. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Otherwise, (laughs) I would not have been quote unquote popular. All my friends from grade school through high school joked about me like being at the parties and then at school, I'm like raising my hand and asking questions and I'm like a huge nerd. So always been a little bit different than everybody else. Never just molded into the crowd. It works for me. As far as collaborative, I like to make sure everything is flowing smoothly. I guess I don't believe in astrology, but, you know, my sister said it's because I'm a Libra. Mm -hmm. But I just like when things flow smoothly. But like my golden rule is I get along with anybody who wants to be gotten along with. So that's been very helpful in my career um, and in life. The astrology heads are about to come after you. You know, they can. It was not me. Astrology shorties, it was not me. Please do not stone me. That is fine. They can come for me. I'll take it all. (laughs) And then the third one was open. Like I said, I'm different. So I am open to other people's opinions. I love to learn. One of my favorite shows on YouTube is called Puppet History, and it's all about history. (laughs) So um, that's why I chose open. Awesome. Okay. All right. So. They always say that the story is told in hindsight and hindsight is 2020. So Chanel, that being said, could you tell us a little bit more about your story? Yeah. So um, growing up, my original career plan, I wanted to be funny enough an assassin. Um, it looked oh. cool on TV, okay. but my mom told me that's a family business and none of our family members are in that. Uh, so <laughs> next thing after that, uh, I wanted to be a doctor and more specifically a surgeon. And that rose from one, I was really good at science. It just kind of came naturally to me. I was good at math. I hated it, but I understood it. And then I've always been like a people person and very caring. So Doctors seem fit, but I like to work with my hands. I don't kind of want to see the same things day in and day out. So specifically, that's why I chose surgery. And it's very little people interaction. When you interact with a lot of people, they can test your nerves. I don't really have that much patience. I wear my feelings on my face. So surgery was great. Most of the time when I interact with the patient, they're asleep. Hmm. So it was great for me. But when pursuing surgery, I realized 
kind of early on. It's not something I wanted to do, not necessarily from a profession standpoint. I love surgery. I love being in the surgery room. Uh, However, it wasn't the lifestyle that I saw for myself. So I wanted to be able to travel. I love to travel. I want to be able to hang with my friends. I want to have a life. If I, you know, marry and have kids, I want to know what's going on in their life. And I didn't feel like that was something I can do in surgery. I looked at other specialties, but none of them interest me. So then I would have been miserable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for that, I just start looking into what did I want to do? And to help me with that, a lot of my friends had been out of school for a while. So I was able to reach out to them and say, hey, you're in marketing, you're in whatever. Can I come shadow you? What do you do? So it was really great to just get that shadowing experience just to see what the actual job is about. And my friends were brutally honest about the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And I knew because I was good at science, I had a very analytical brain, but I like to be creative, which you really can't be with a human body. (laughs) The human body is a human body. So after shadowing my friends and really deep diving into what I like and what gets me through the day, marketing came up. It's very analytical. Most people don't think about that part of marketing, um, but you have to look at a lot of data and what is the data telling you and pull out what's useful and what's not. But you get to be creative in how you solve that problem of what the data is telling you. That was my career path. I was not going to go back to business school. I was going to start over and work my way up. And I had several friends who did work their way up from undergrad was like, that's dumb. Just spend two years in business school and come out at a level you should be at. I decided to go to business school and get that internship experience, build my network. Now I'm in tech marketing. Okay. Awesome. 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 So I have a myriad of questions that come from that story. So I want to know first, Obviously, a lot of times people, when they have interest in medicine and being doctors, a lot of the things that you've listed are things that I see across the board, right? People who are good at science, who are good at math, who are good at working with their hands, they decide that they want to become surgeons. So you said that the lifestyle that you saw that surgeons had from your experience in the OR did not fit what you wanted, right? Talk me a little bit through that. So at this point, and I think we glazed over this a little bit. So you had gone to med school. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So you went to med school. I have a brother in med school now, so I'm learning a little bit more about this path. So you were doing rotations and this is where you got the exposure. Uh, well, I knew I didn't like it my second year before you even officially started rotations. Okay. But I had shadowed a lot of physicians. Like my mentor was a trauma surgeon. I spent a lot of time with her. I knew I wanted to go into very difficult and niche specialties. Mm -hmm. So she would connect me with surgeons that she knew at institutions I thought I might have want to go to for residency. So Mm -hmm. I would spend like any spring break, any free time I had just traveling, shadowing with them so they get to know me. Obviously, test scores are important, but sometimes it helps when they can put a face to the name and they kind of know you. Honestly, I don't think I would have got into med school without doing that for my med school process. Mm -hmm. So I sacrificed a lot of my free time doing that and seeing their lifestyle and talking to them outside, like what do you do outside of work? What is this like? What is that like? And even just seeing my mentor, she was a trauma surgeon at like the main place people go for trauma mm-hmm. in Chicago. And her son, his dad had to stay home and quit his job because she worked that much. And then 
her son's school thought her husband was lying when he said he had a wife. So I was like, I don't want to live that life. So that really was like a red flag. But I continued and I really think I continue even after I realized before rotations, I didn't want to do it. Because I had told everybody I was going to be a doctor. I told my parents. It's the only thing I ever said I was going to do. So it looked like I was being wishy-washy and I hadn't thought it through. And I had the debt. So it was just kind of like pushed through. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that you touched on something that's super important. Especially when I talk to folks that have dedicated their lives to doing something that requires a professional degree. Mm -hmm. It makes a pivot that much more difficult. Right. And a lot of it depends on factors or is related to factors that are outside of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned there that you told everybody that this is what you were going to do. Obviously, you had studied for MCAT. You had taken all these prereqs and you'd done all this work to get into med school, which is already very difficult to get into. You finish the first year, which is extremely difficult. And then afterwards, you make the decision that this is not right for you. Talk me through that process because that takes a fair amount of courage in its own right to A, admit that to yourself, but then B, act upon that. So what did you do to be able to get to that point? Um, Honestly, I just had to realize it's my life. Nobody else is going to be going to the hospital with me every day. Everybody is going to be living their life still and I'm going to be miserable I didn't want to be miserable. So I just had to suck it up and have that egg on my face. And really, when I finally made that decision and I was like, done, I'm not doing it. Everybody was actually pretty supportive. I think people that I was less close with were like, are you crazy giving up that doctor money? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm miserable. Yeah. I won't have time to spend said money. Like, yeah. And then people are like, well, my doctor takes off a month. And I'm like, yeah, they can take off a month, but that affects their bonus. Like, It's things mm-hmm. you don't know on the background. So um, they're just willing to make that sacrifice. Yeah, I just, I just did not want to do that. I had to realize this was my life, not everybody else's life that I was considering and just had to go ahead and make that move and make that yeah. decision. And I think that that's one of the things that comes in with pivots is that a lot of times there's an emotional aspect that comes into it. Like, yes, you're making a pivot for the better, mm-hmm. but sometimes people are afraid to make that pivot because they feel a sense of quote unquote shame that they are backtracking on what they told people that they're going to do. But a career is just an assemblance of the jobs that you decide to take on, right? And like you said, if you're miserable in a job, you're not going to be able to perform. So even if you claw your way to that finish line, like there's a whole new race that's starting. If you're not able to be in the right mental space mm-hmm. or the right space to be able to perform, you may as well have not done it, right? So you made that decision. You've told everybody you're going to switch career paths, right? Obviously, you had conversations like you mentioned with your friends. And I think that one thing that was said there, you employed a very similar tactic that you use to find out what you don't like, to find out what you are interested in, which is shadowing, Mm -hmm. right? So talk to me about how you set up some of those shadowing opportunities, I guess, both from a med school standpoint, then also from a marketing standpoint, eventually tech marketing standpoint, like what were some of those processes like, and what were some of the things that you were hoping to get out of those as you were kind of evaluating what you liked and what you did? Yeah. So as far as prior to med school, 
I did a lot of calling and not hearing back <laughs> or emailing, hey, can you be my mentor? I'm interested in this. Do you mind being my mentor? And it just happened that my specific mentor, she was a black female and she reached out to me, but I had a lot of people giving me runarounds or just never hearing back or flat out no's. And I just kind of kept going. And as far as shadowing, I got to know her and she introduced me to a lot of people when I lived in Dallas. I reached out to one of the best orthopedic spine surgeons in the area and he happened to be a black guy that owned his own business. And mm -hmm. when I reached out, he was like, sure, come on. You can shadow me. You can come in the emergency room. You can come in surgery. You can do whatever with me. Yeah. So he really took me under his wings. He even explained like the business aspect of everything with me. He taught me how to study. Like before him, I was struggling. I was probably going to fail. Mm -hmm. And he was like, here's what I did. And I have dyslexia, I have ADHD, and I did karate competition full time and still mm -hmm. graduated. So he taught me a lot. And I probably wouldn't have made it without him. Yeah. So I'm glad I met him early on in the process. As far as figuring out what I wanted to do after I decided to make a pivot, obviously I stayed in the healthcare field. I stayed in the clinic at first because that was all I knew. So I worked in an emergency department. And then after that, once I started shadowing, I really just text my friends. I was like, my friends are in some of everything. Let me see if I can shadow. So that's what I did. And I shadowed about three friends in marketing and they all had drastically different marketing jobs, but mm -hmm. loved it all. Yeah. So I was like, marketing is the way to go for me. It leverages skills I already have and skills that I want to use. Yeah. So that's how I went about that for marketing. And then once I made that decision and decided, okay, I'm going to have to go back to business school for this, I transitioned into still within healthcare, but in a corporate role for a malpractice insurance company. So going into the office, I had no office clothes. I had to like buy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have anything to wear. I didn't have dresses, nothing. Mm -hmm. So I had to buy clothes over time. And then through the business school process, I was consortium. So, you know, we had to do OP prep yep. and I knew I was making such a large pivot. Now, what is OP? Sorry. Uh, orientation program for consortium members. It's in the summer. It's about four days, if I remember correctly. And they have you prepare your elevator pitch, your resume walk, your actual resume, and all your interview skills. So your star questions, which are your behavioral questions, how to answer those. If you pick a function, how to answer any standard function questions that you may get. And with this I put in a little extra work. I was making a drastic pivot. My career coach was very patient with me and really had to talk me through pulling out transferable skills. That's still a thing for me now. I'm like, yeah, I did this. And they're like, that's great. That's spectacular. You need to like really emphasize that. And I'm just like, I just did it because it's part of my job. And, you know, I'm not thinking anything of it. So she really took that time with me. And then I spent every week all the way through the summer meeting with at least two consortium alums in a week mm -hmm. working on hey can you look at my resume does this screen marketing hey can you hear my elevator pitch can you hear my star question can you hear my responses can you give me feedback uh to make sure when i get these interviews i'll do yeah. great okay all right this is a point where I usually ask about the resources, but you've already given me almost the resources that you've used here, but I want to emphasize them. <laughs> Obviously, shadowing is a great one that I think that a lot of people kind of look over, especially the further along you get in your career. But 
I think it's fantastic, right? You may think that you understand what somebody does, but you maybe have a good understanding of like just like the extremes of what they do, yep. the most glamorized aspects. But having an opportunity to really go in shadow, obviously you've used that masterfully throughout your career to really understand the good, bad, and the ugly, I think is really great. And then network is another one that you've used quite a bit, right? Whether it's your network, I talk about this all the time, your friends, family, people that you're very close to, mm -hmm. do not overlook them. They could be your network. They are part of your network and they're more willing to go to bat for you and help you get some of those opportunities just like you stated there. I wanted to ask you about some of the outreach that you did from a research standpoint, right? With being able to find out other people to talk to mm -hmm. throughout, right? When you were looking for your mentor in med school and just reaching out to people cold, it seemed like when you were looking for people in consortium to be able to look over your resume and do interview prep with, what method do you use to go about that? Because I know that can be a very jarring thing for people. And sometimes people can take it personally if they get rejected mm -hmm. when they do that. So talk me through your process. Of yeah. So for finding mentors in med school, really Google black doctor who does this specialty. <laughs> Um, it's kind of the, the tactic that I had mm -hmm. and I would just reach out at first. I was reaching out to anybody in that specialty and specifically maybe at hospitals, I would be okay with working at if they were entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and I would reach out that way. And then I was getting no response. And then that's when I started putting black in the front mm -hmm. and then I started getting responses okay. and business school was much easier, um, because they have the alumni database. Yep. So I would look at who was doing something I wanted to do or who worked or is currently working at a company I wanted to be at. Mm -hmm. And there was one alum. She was at Spotify. I think she's at Netflix now. She sat down with me and went through all my companies and was so brutally honest with me. Like, nope, mm -hmm. take that off. That's a waste of time. Nope, don't do this. Nope, don't do that. She's the reason I'm at my current company. They weren't even on my radar. And she was like, hey, I learned everything I needed to know about marketing here. They take the time to teach you. You learn a lot. You do a lot. So I just found her through the alumni database. Yeah. And the last resource that I want to speak about, because a lot of times when I have folks that have gone to business school, I ask them how critical it's been in their pivot. Right. Obviously for you, like you said, it helped you jump ahead mm -hmm. from a position where you would have had to start from the bottom. Your friends told you don't do that, which is probably some of the best advice that you could have gotten. Mm -hmm. But why did business school position you to be where you are today? What were some of the biggest takeaways that you think? Obviously, you just mentioned the alumni mm -hmm. that you had connections to. But what were some of the other aspects that helped you? Yeah. So one thing for me coming from the hospital and from healthcare period, even in my corporate role, talking to people, when you come from healthcare, it's very matter of fact, direct. Mm -hmm. That's it. No sugarcoating, no boosting egos. This is just what it is. And so I came off as cold and harsh a lot at mm -hmm. the very beginning, but I learned how to ease up a little bit more and speak a little bit more diplomatically and involve more people. And yeah, that I will say was a big help. I don't think I would be surviving right now had I not had those two years to nurture that skill. Mm -hmm. And then another big takeaway for me was I only did science, so any of the business classes was a help for yeah. me. I didn't know any of the terms. 
And one thing I still battle with today is a lot of the times, even though you learn the medical terminology for something, you're talking to patients most of the time. So you have to be very plain and direct and watered down. One thing I still struggle with, even though I did learn all the technical terms and the acronyms, is using them. And I noticed in business a lot, if you don't use them, they aren't sure how smart you are if you know what you're doing. But when I can explain it, they're like, oh, okay, she knows. And a lot of my coworkers have just realized, and my business school friends have just realized, hey, this is just how she talks, but she knows what she's doing. But a lot of people don't understand all the acronyms. I work in marketing. I have to work across various functions. Mm -hmm. So the field and our sellers don't know the acronyms we use every day. So I can't get used to using those. So learning how to have that confidence to be like, you can think I'm a dummy, but I know I'm not. I learned that a lot in business school. So um, I would say that's that's been very useful. It's humbled me. I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, knowing when to use terms and when to not overall, you know, I talk to engineers every single day and I think, the advice when I'm trying to prep somebody for an interview or something like that, I'm like, you have to understand who your audience is mm-hmm. and realize like when you do have to go deep and then when you have to like do it a little more surface level or even like explain it on a more elementary standpoint. Right. So I think that sometimes folks try and like ramp it up mm-hmm. like with the terminology and try and make it more confusing to elevate what they're saying, but it's not always necessary. Right. So there's a there's a time and place at the same time. I do think that one of the things that's been really helpful from a business school standpoint is understanding when folks are saying different things and mm-hmm. being able to like decipher like, oh, what they're saying is really not that confusing. They're just using all this like colorful language to describe something that's a very simple concept. Yep. Right. <laughs> so that kind of like helps you, you know, obviously, if you're going into marketing, understanding some of those aspects it helps you not feel as intimidated in those spaces, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk marketing. Obviously, you know, you've done like a marketing rotation uh, and then you've gone to a specific aspect of marketing. Just talk me a little bit through that. Like you said, the, the field, even when you were shadowing, is just so broad. Like how did you determine that a rotation was the right way to go? And then how did you decide that this placement, I believe in integrated marketing, was the best place for you? Yeah, so I actually lucked into it. When you apply at my current company for an internship, they kind of place you where they think you would fit best based on your skills. So I landed in cloud marketing, which does a rotation program. Some other people land on specific products and they don't rotate. That's just their role. But the fact that I got lucky, I really thought it was great because I didn't fully understand marketing and in tech marketing, there are so many different types of roles that you can do. And sometimes you can have the same title as somebody else and do something completely different. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy getting a breadth of experience. Like my first rotation was a core PMM role. So a product marketing manager role where I worked on one specific product. I was the go-to person for that product conducting research, rebranding, launching a new product feature, making sure another team that affects our product, they're keeping up to date. So connecting them to our engineering team to say, hey, this needs to be updated. You're causing friction with our customers and let's make sure we have a cadence 
forward. My second rotation, I wasn't tied to a product. I was more about skilling and more specifically with our partners, making sure we're driving the narrative on how to use our products through our partners. Mm -hmm. So that was really great. I was tied to overall department, but not a specific product. My third rotation was really fun and what kind of led me to my current role. I was in charge of like third party events. It was very creative. So for the current year, I was deciding how do we show up at conferences? What are we going to talk about in our keynote sessions based on what customers want to know, which everybody wants to talk AI. So that's what we did. We're like the only company with AI in the market. Mm -hmm. So our focus was here's what we learned launching AI globally. So it was more of like a case study of ourselves as our own customer. And people really resonated with that because they're like, we're not sure how we're going to launch globally. How do they work yeah. in Europe? They're much stricter. And then just graphics and all types of content for our booth. What demos? Are we going to do a live environment? Are we going to do a click through three conferences and then deciding are those the same three conferences we want to go to next year or not? Yeah maybe broaden our horizon and then developing a community strategy that could be replicated across different community platforms so we can engage with our customers. And then also, how do we get some of the advocates for our competitor to come over to our side because our product works with their product? So that was really fun to go and do that. I got to reach out to those customers and get them converted. Like, how do we incentivize them? So that was really cool. And that led me to my current role where I'm more integrated marketing. So I focus on our events globally and I do demand generation. So how do we drive people to register and attend our events? We tend to use email, social media. It's two more, but I can't recall them right now. No but like, what do we do at corporate to promote it? And then how can our field and our regions promote? What languages do we need these in? Yeah. Who cares? What's our target audience? So going through all of that is kind of what I do now in integrated marketing. Okay, cool. And obviously it seems like there's so many different aspects of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the analytical aspect, whether it's the live events aspect, whether it's the creative aspect, whether it's just how things appear. There's one marketing type that you don't hear about, but it's like really big at my company and it's called business planning. So that's okay. pricing and strategy okay. for our products. So I yeah. did not do that rotation. I avoided that because I didn't want to do Excel models, but <laughs> it's a great opportunity and it's pricing. Like how do we strategize price wise for enterprise companies or how do we price this new product? Mm -hmm. Or should we pivot our pricing for an existing product? So yeah. that's another form of marketing that you very rarely hear about. Yeah. Are there resources that you use? Obviously, you probably have resources at work and things from the shadowing that you've done and from business school. But are there other external resources that you use to keep up to date on marketing or be able to understand even just like across the board more about these different fields? Marketing brew. Love it. Yeah. Um, I read their newsletters every day. Honestly, because I'm in such a large company and I interned as well as now been there over a year, a lot of people have left. Some have left and came back. So I talk to them a lot about what's happening in the market. Again, leveraging my network to learn what's going on in the market. A lot of people share a lot of articles at my company. So I read a lot of those. I don't really go out and hunt for anything, but they share a lot of what's happening in the industry. And I have to read up on the industry, period, 
to yeah. stay relevant at work. Are so. there any publications that you see that are recurring that those articles come from? No, honestly. I mean, other than like the large names like New York Times, Forbes, I got to work with Gartner. Okay. Yep. I use them a lot in business school, but I understand them a lot more now after working with yep. their analysts. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think those are probably the main ones, but no other like niche ones. Like in our marketing chat, we shared, uh, what did Marketing Brew do? Oh, give us your email so we can send you a picture of our belly button. Oh, and keep you up to date with our new product launch. And it's like, yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah. And then yeah. one of my coworkers was like, I definitely gave my email just to see if they sent a picture of a belly button. Of so, course. but it's something that grabs your attention. Yep, so yep. yeah. It's all marketing. <laughs> yeah. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. So let me ask you, Chanel, what is some advice that you would give yourself? If you're looking back right now and you're thinking pre-pivot, mm -hmm. like when you were in med school, you were realizing this is not the path I want to go down. Mm -hmm. What is some advice that you would give yourself from where you are right now? And then what is some advice that you currently consistently give yourself to keep going? Like going back to undergrad, I would not have been pre-med. Mm -hmm. It kind of limits what you can do. I even had a friend who went to dental school and he was like, I picked nursing because I can actually get a job. Should I not get into dental school? But you don't really have many backup options. So it was another major I wanted to switch to, but I didn't. And I don't know why. So I would go far back to just really, it's okay to like major in something generic, like liberal arts, communications, whatever, and just take those prereqs. Mm -hmm. I would tell myself to be honest with myself much sooner. I knew I liked it, but it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what yeah. you think of yourself and your happiness. And then as far as business school, like I told you earlier, I probably would have fibbed more on my applications okay. um, when I was honest to say, hey, I want to go from healthcare to marketing. Mm -hmm. It was rough. Yeah. Nobody really believed that was possible um, because the people reading your resume aren't career services or people who've done career transitions, their admissions. They don't really mm -hmm. know. But when I said, hey, I want to get into healthcare consulting, I got a lot of good responses from schools yeah. I never expected to hear back from. So I will say maybe we'll pivot my approach to the business school application process would have saved myself a lot of headache. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think this kind of goes back to what you've alluded to this whole time is like at the end of the day, the story is your own, right? For those kind of instances, it's important what other people think. But at the end of the day, you know what you want to do, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes even if you're like, all right, well, to get through this, I have to tell them that this is the path I want to go down forever and for always. And that's not necessarily the case, then it's fine. You have to play the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, the way that it is, it's meant to be played. Yeah, because you get there and they ask you what you want to do all over again. So it's exactly. Like, like... exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what would you say is next, right? Like, what would you say are some things that you're excited about in the future? Obviously, you just started your new role, right? Like, you finish your rotation, and then you start a new role. What are some things that are exciting you right now? I am looking forward to really learning, like, my role. Like, what is demand generation? Like, it's something that's very useful, but highly underrated. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to it because I learn how to do emails. I learn how to do paid media, social media, even direct reach out. So to me, it's a great opportunity to learn a lot. Moving forward, I just want to work. I 
already told my manager, hey, I want a promotion at the end of this year. So I'm making that move towards that because I want that pay raise. Um, I don't know about the extra responsibility, but I'll take the pay raise. (laughs) So I'm just looking forward to learning demand generation, seeing what's out there for me. And I'm comfortable where I am at my current company, but I've been getting a lot of reach out from other companies. So just seeing how they stack up and how they compare and how this can leverage my career moving forward. Still trying to decide if I want to move up the corporate ladder or just continue to work in tech, get this stock and live off dividends. Um, So that's what we're currently trying to figure out. All right. All right. And then what would you say are lastly some parting words of wisdom, right? For people who are in med school or any kind of professional career path or in any kind of path, honestly, and just want to make a transition, want to pivot, right? What would you say are some parting words that you would give them as they're maybe going through that soul searching process? I will say just because you're unhappy a few days in a row does not mean this is something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I really had to learn the difference of I'm miserable because I don't want to do this and I hate it versus this was a bad day. There's going to be bad days, but I still love what I do mm-hmm. because I have that in marketing. I'm frustrated. I have to work with a lot more people than I ever expected to in my career on a day-to-day basis. But does it annoy me? Yes, but I love it. I get yeah. to do what I want to do. So I would say... Figure out that difference is number one. That's a priority. And then what do you like to do outside of work? Going through like the mid school process, I dropped a lot of hobbies. And then when I had more free time, just felt like I had free time. Like I was just sitting on the couch watching TV because I hadn't done half the things I love to do in years. Um, So it took a while for me to figure out what of those skills I really still enjoy doing and putting in the time and effort to relearn them and enjoy them. So I say, don't ever give up your hobbies. Work is just work. Life is just life. But keep your hobbies um, and don't let those go. Okay, okay, okay. Well, there you have it, y'all. There you have it. Chanel, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. This is amazing. And thank you all for tuning in. Please remember to like and subscribe for more. Most importantly, pivot powerfully. Be well, everyone.